You are dialed in to the Success Line Podcast, the place where you get a chance to phone a friend, call in a lifeline, and ask a favor of someone who's been there and done that. This is Real People getting one-on-one coaching with Success Entrepreneurship Editor and New York Times bestselling author, Rory Vaden. Here's Rory. Hey there, it's Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group and your host of The Success Line. What you're about to hear is a real-life conversation with somebody that I am just meeting about the actual struggles they are facing each and every day in their life and their business. You and I are going to meet them at the same time. We're going to have an honest talk and then stick around at the very end and I'll do a debrief and a recap highlighting some of the biggest takeaways that you can apply to your own life. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back to the success line. It is your chance to listen into free coaching one-on-one with myself and somebody who's an aspiring entrepreneur, leader, mover and shaker, achiever, just like you on the real life problems and the real life challenges and the real life questions they have about moving their business forward. Today, we are joined by a new friend of mine. His name is Brian. We have never met before, so I'm meeting him here for the first time. And Brian, welcome to the success line. Hey, thanks, Roy. Appreciate your time. Oh, man. Well, I'm, I'm so glad that you're here. We would not have a show if it weren't not for people volunteering to come and get, uh, you know, I guess, f- free consulting and advice. <laughs> um, so uh, where, where are you? Tell us your, a little bit about your story. Where are you from? What do you do? What are you up to? Yeah, I am uh, in D.C. now, so from Texas originally, but uh, I've been here in D.C. since 2013. Uh, sort of started my, my, my like main business that I own. I own uh, a full-time business running with dogs um, that I started in Texas, in Dallas, but moved it up here called DC Dog Runner. Um, and we run with dogs instead of walking with them and doing any pet sitting or grooming or anything like that, kind of to the exclusion of everything else. We believe in sort of bringing exercise to dogs, especially here in DC. It's great because it's a full year mm. thing we can do here. Also, we can help like highly motivated individuals that live in small spaces. So we don't have a lot of nature here. It's kind of hard to get to because it is a true East Coast city over here. So I'm able to come by, you know, rather than sort of being that everyday dog walker, I come in a couple times a week and just mix it up to give them a little outlet for whatever, you know, is kind of alien. If it's destructiveness, if it's aggression, if it's a little anxiety, whatever that is, that's kind of how we can kind of help them do that. And also like, just like get in shape as well. Uh huh. I love that. That's um, really cool. What a what a very simple, clear demarcation in terms of just a, a unique value proposition and different a, a difference on what everyone else does, and just a kind of a quick spin on something that's been around. So I love it. So you you literally run with dogs, and it's called what's it, it's called what DC dogs DC dog runner DC DC dog runner. Okay, mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, um, and super we, clear we've sort of made ourselves kind of known in that market to the, to the extent that I was actually asked to write a book about it. So I have a book uh, called the ultimate guide to running with your dog too. So we really have, like you said, I picked a thing. I went focused on it and like just laser beam my way to it. So why I think it would be helpful to just chat with you today is sort of trying to do that again with the second business. Cause I'm, I'm working 
on the one hand, trying to automate DC Dog Runner and make it better and building a team and having okay, sort of like it. that next level and getting out of the, the actual day-to-day running, which I've, I've gotten close to and COVID kicked us all in the teeth and, you know, we had to regroup, but like sure. we're, we're back to where we were pre-COVID, which is great. And now I'm kind of making decisions based on like, okay, how do I free up my time to do sort of other things that will help the business that are not directly me running dogs, which is great. And then what I'm trying to do also on the other hand is build a second service-based business sort of similarly that is, um, I called it, it's called American Buffalo Media. And right now it's focusing on real estate photography actually. And it's the same kind of concept with DC Dog Runner that I had success with where I want to really focus in on one particular thing, doing it well, because I know basically a lot of realtors here in this area through DC Dog Runner that are kind of helping me build that business solely. And it's, it's two things, right? I want to make sure that I have a little diversity because all my eggs in that DC dog runner basket, like that's our only sort of primary income right now. My wife works in the business too. And what oh, I want to okay. do is see like, Hey, I can't actually run forever. Like there's kind of a shelf life. It's not like a dog walker where you can just sort of like walk infinity dogs all at one time. You know, we kind of cap it for, so there are limits to the size and scale of DC dog runner. So thinking about some, another business that I can use my like skills to build that is potentially bigger because if it starts with just photography for homes, that could branch into other photography or videography or anything. Got it. Okay. So love this. I love where your head's at and what you're working on. Thanks. Um, the, the first thing I'm going to share is a yellow flag for you, mm-hmm. potentially for you, but really for everybody listening, um, is this question of like, when do I diversify? And we talk about all the time on here, if you have diluted focus, you get diluted results. And what happens is people launch product, they launch something new, product B or company B, in hopes that it will add on top of whatever they were doing before. And in reality, what happens is it cannibalizes that thing. And now they have added complexity. They have, and they have decreased the revenue of product A and increased some revenue of product B. It's a net neutral, but now they've added complexity with not adding more in income or margin. And so the, the question is always, how do I know when I can create an ad- additional service offering? And for most startup entrepreneurs and, and owners and small business owners and that kind of thing, again, like this may not be where you're at, Brian, but it's, it's where my head is going um, is in terms of the yellow flag is we're big fans of, of um, serving the same audience in a deeper way. So if, if, if you can take your existing audience and um, serve them in a deeper way, that often accelerates the progress because you're not having to spend as much money on marketing costs and infrastructure costs to prop up the whole business. You're basically, uh, it's more like you're squeezing more fruit out of the apple by, you know, all of that infrastructure and the cost of getting the client is there. And then you're layering on additional services to that person. So if you can serve the same audience um, with that product, it is, we view it typically as an accelerator, but if it's two different audiences, that's where we automatically have a yellow, a yellow flag, a caution goes up because we're going, okay, now everything in your life goes through a a lens of, do I do option A or option B? If I have, if I have one hour today to 
work on one thing. Do I work on option A or option B? And they're not synergistically moving each other forward, which means they are cannibalizing each other. They are literally fighting for the same resources, which is your time. And then often it becomes your team's time. If I have a web designer, do they do product A or product B? Copywriter, product A, product B. If I'm running Facebook ads, product A or product B. Now, what you said, which I love, is if I can automate this thing and I can have it run on autopilot, uh, then that's a different story. That becomes an investment. That becomes something just like investing money. It's growing whether or not you're there. Um, and for the most part, it is self-maintaining. And then you're going, okay, great. This investment is rolling. The leadership team's in place. The systems are in place. The marketing plan's in place. Business model's in place off and running and then going, okay, with my additional margin that I've created, I'm going to allocate it over here to whatever this other thing, um, which it kind of sounds like that's where your head is at a little bit. Yes. Yes. I think that's, that's, that's great. Um, and you, you, you zeroed in on kind of what my, my fear is, I think about pulling away attention too soon from DC Darner because it's, it is, like I said, it is what we do. There are no other things. There are no other side hustles, no kind of stuff that I do. So I want to make sure that I am in a place in doing things to limit risk, which is also kind of what the other question that I asked you about was like, I'm doing it without investment too, right? Because I can't really overextend myself that way, uh, or I'm not comfortable doing that. I guess, you know, you always can, but just, I don't see a way that that makes sense, especially given what I projected for DC Dog Runner with sort of growth. Because I've sort of explored like, what would growth for DC Dog Runner look like? Does that mean looking at Kind of going Which is to, a great question. Like you need to have that conversation before you decide, oh, I'm going to start this other this other thing. And to your, your question about the investors, like kudos to you, because if you don't, typically the people who can diversify have a lot of money. Like, so they have either a lot of, a lot of resources, they've got money, they've got time, they've got team. And so they go, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to mitigate my risk by doing this other thing. If you don't have a lot of resources, if you don't have a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of team, then you are very much at risk. My personal opinion and experience here Mm -hmm. of, of you're chasing, it's a, the Chinese proverb, he who chases two rabbits catches neither. Right. So I'm, I'm going to. What I want to hear from you, Brian, is why you have completely thought out the options of why you can't expand DC Dog Runner into doing more of what you're already doing or in a deeper way or in other markets or serving other people where you can squeeze more juice out of the thing that you're doing and or how you have already automated that whole business to run on autopilot that gives you the extra time. Um, So tell me about those two things. Yeah, so... um it's not impossible to go to a different city. There are a couple of key hubs where I need the density of the people, sort of the the lifestyle and expectation of like, is dog walking a robust thing there? And can I translate that into dog running? Because there is a little bit of, you know, teaching and then kind of letting people know what we do and, and, and letting them know what the value is of that. So there's only a few other cities that sort of make sense. San Diego, Seattle, San Francisco, they're kind of far away because it gets a little too humid in the summers and I can do this roughly 11 months, but August actually is a very difficult month for me here because it's just a little too hot. When I was in Texas, I learned actually Dallas, while it's a great city to live in, I love it. It's too hot in the summers and it's actually sort of dangerous. And how do you drop maybe clientele and try and pick them up? So that was one thing. The other thing was sort of looking sort of internally at myself to say, like, am I 
the cowboy to ride that horse? Am I the type of person that could franchise something and be like, I'm really good about building relationships, being one-on-one talking, kind of growing in a small scale. I am not that great at sitting on top of something and delegating and like being detailed about what these razor thin things are that need to make that I need to be doing to like grow something sort of infinitely or across a while. So I don't know my capacity to sort of manage something in a team that would be across the country. So, and, and also DC dog runner is so far from set. I mean, there are infinity dogs here. We are running a really healthy company on somewhere between 60 and 75 dogs right now. And that's like, even here in DC, like I've got a family of, with five children, my wife, we live in a, in a wonderful home here just outside of Washington, DC. So that tells you like, there is still a lot of room to grow here in like Washington, DC without even better. Right. Even better. I mean, I would say, yeah, Dallas, San Francisco, San Diego, San Fran, those all sound that complex and far away. And da, da, da. like, I was going to ask you like, why not more in DC? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. what, what, what would it mean? And here's the thing, right? You're saying we have a great lifestyle on 65 to 75 dogs. Mm-hmm. What would it be if you had 200 or two right. f- or 500? Right. My guess is the headache from where you are to there would be much less. And the profit margins would be much more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, I, I why agree. not? So, so why not that? Uh, no, there, that is like, a potential. I think my, what I've learned sort of after doing this, I think seven years now and really hiring for the last three and a half is my sort of limiting factor is actually my workforce. Uh, and in the way that we build versus trying to find dogs, right? Cause it's two faucets I'm trying to turn. One is like the hyper niche market of dog running. So like kind of every dog needs to walk, but not every dog needs to run. And I think people realize that we're at a higher price point. I get that. But what the real limiting factor seems to be is finding runners that can do this that I am like happy to try and employ. So we sort of have looked at people that have full-time work and this fits into their schedule. So I have 14, I think, contractors now as opposed to any employees and they run anywhere from four to like 12 dogs each. And that's like two to three times a week or whatever that is, you know, works out. So finding those people and knowing that I can trust those people sort of long-term is sort of like, and maybe that's like a fear thing where I need to like be a little more risky, right? I think that might be something I need. I need to look at, but the the, the limiting factor seems. Why? To be what are you saying? Why? 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 What are you saying is a fear thing? Hiring, like taking up more of a risk on hiring people, because I'm very sort of selective, and I have there's no real shortage of people looking to do a job like this. But I've made enough mistakes in hiring that I can sort of see where the fit is for them and why why a DC dog runner would be a bad fit fit for them and their lifestyle. So it's not that they're not great runners, great people, great on the, you know, customer service side of things. It's just that they may be a little too, uh, it may not be of importance to them that they wouldn't stay with it long-term. So they could be around for three to four weeks or three to four months, but then they'd find a better use of their time or a different kind of job and things like that. So I couldn't keep them engaged enough. And I don't know if that means maybe I need to start paying them more potentially, you know, I'm, I'm open to looking at that for sure. Um, but trying to figure out how to keep those. I will people say long-term. this on, I will say this money is one of my favorite ways to keep people engaged. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you one of the scariest things I've ever heard in business. This terrifies me. It is so scary. I'm not sure it's a hundred percent true, but just the thought alone is terrifying. And I, I once heard somebody say this about running a business. They said, loyalty is just a paycheck away. Yeah. Loyalty is just a paycheck away. 
So that's what's scary, right? Is to go, who the best person on your team is, they are one phone call from one employer offering them more money and they will drop you like a bad <laughs> habit. Right. On the flip side, I go, I want to set up my business model to be able to pay people more than they can get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. This is a difference in how uh, we approach and attempt to approach is I want people to be able to make more money doing what they do here than doing that same thing anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Plus I want to be an awesome place to work. Plus I want them to have awesome leaders. Plus I want them to you know be connected to our, our vision. Plus we have benefits and whatever, wh- whatever else, like everything else is, is plus. But like, if you can win at the money game, here's the other advantage of if you can win at the money game in terms of paying people, paying your people more. Um, and, and this is the opposite of what most people like me talk about. It's all always typically like, how do you pay less? Like, how do you get great people for little money? If you're playing that game, the reason I don't like that game is number one is you're at risk of losing that person. And then number two is if you do lose that person, you made it really hard to go find the next person. But if I'm already paying at the top of the market for the position, if I can afford it. Now, when you're starting up, you can't just go out and just pay top dollar. You got to you have to scale your way into this. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to grow your way into this. But if you can, then then if somebody leaves you, you go, that's all right. I mean, I got there are 20 other people out the door that will line up to take what I was paying you to do this. Right. Now you're not in a position of scarcity and fear. You're in a position of abundance and power. Um, and it all just comes down to going, how can I pay my people more? And a lot of people will trade in a lot of things for, for money and just the security of having money, especially right now. So I like what you said there mm-hmm. because there's no shortage of people who have dogs. There's no shortage of people who have, will spend money on their dogs. You have a right. very interesting thing. Yeah. Um, and if you can get, now I get there's a little, this is a kind of a very specific, like you got to be able to run. How, how long do they run the dogs? We do a 30 minute and an hour long session. Um, typically wow. 30 minutes is what we're going for. Um, and that's anywhere from two and a half to like three, three and a quarter miles uh, per run. And that just depends on if it's in the city or, or they're out, you know, kind of in the, in and, the suburbs. And your bit. runners do how many of these a day? Oh man, I think I have no runners doing more than two runs per day, but the idea is to build small packs near them. So they'll drive, pick up a couple dogs, maybe take three dogs at a time for a half hour run together and then drop them all back off. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Um, yeah, well, uh, so I love that. All right. I love that. So, (laughs) so what's the, what's the problem? You're, you're, you're saying you said there's no shortage of people who would be willing to do this. That I find that are qualified and good enough to do it. So basically what I have done is I, I can't afford to pay anybody a full-time tally also because it does require running, right? Like there's nobody I can say, Hey, this can be your only gig. I cannot pay enough because there's not enough running that they can do. Like that's a simple kind of math question that I, that I've equation that I've figured out. Um, and I can't give them enough dogs because it becomes a safety issue after that, you know? So it's not, there's like four dogs max that they could run two dogs a, a day. So it's 10 runs a week that they could do at what I'm paying them. It's just not a, a living wage here in Washington, DC. So what I've done is sort of cut that down. And I sort of look for people that have a full-time job. Like one of my runners is like an NIH scientist. Another does health benefits for the VA. Another, you know, they just have, these are excellent like awesome people that have the flexibility of time in their day to do this for me, like on a Monday and a Thursday for three hours. 
Like they have yep. command of their schedule. So that's kind of what I've been looking for long term. And that's because I've made tons of mistakes sort of looking at the best case scenario with people and then realizing, oh, this is a lot more than I anticipated and they have to move on. And it's understandably. And it was because I saw a problem. I thought maybe that would be, maybe you, it would yeah, be okay. You, you want to fit in as their side hustle. Right. Yeah. I think that's, and that's over the last three and a half years, I've kind of like done that to all the decisions I make kind of revolve around that, which is we book, you know, because they are contractors, I can't say like, Hey, this dog is going to run at this time, at this time. It's like, what's available to you. And then I tell our families, here's what we have available. Does that work for you? Uh, the other kind of thing is it's no probably such... easier. Most yeah. dogs have a, a slower social schedule than most humans. Right, right, right. And then right. the other thing, uh, sorry, <laughs> I lost my train of thought is, uh, with like vacation time. Like I have sort of mastered the like servant leadership where I'm actually here to facilitate you. I'm everybody's primary backup in the running. So the promise to our customers is that the only person that will come to your home to run your dog is your primary dog runner that I've hired or myself. That's going to be it basically. And what I'm trying to do is now go back through and find like duplicates everywhere, which is where we were pre pandemic. And that's just like building the business again, which is good because I know how to do that. Well, yeah. And that, I mean, if you change that one thing, I mean, they're like, there's a couple things that we're always looking as we're going, okay, what's the one thing we could change in this business model to where it wouldn't be throttled anymore. Like mm -hmm. and a lot of throttles we put on ourselves, like we say stupid things like, Oh, it'll only be me. Like I'll be your person. And it's like, right. well, stop saying, stop saying that, right. Stop saying it'll be you or this other person. Like you're setting that you're setting up a throttle where there doesn't need to be one and to go, mm -hmm. I promise that it will only be someone from, you know, DC dog runner who's coming to run your dog. And I promise you that everyone that we work with, they're all awesome and whatever. We run background checks on them and da, da, da. like they're just trusting the company and they're trusting the brand, not trusting an individual person that makes it more scalable. Mm -hmm. So that I think like, it sounds like you've even, you've even done that. So I guess I haven't, I still haven't heard why, 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 why don't you do that? Like, why don't you scale that up? What are you afraid of? So it's, it's finding those people. And I was having some success with targeted ads on Instagram, stuff like that. It's just like going out and how am I finding? Because I'll flyer. I think that's really actually a good You're finding a good way the to, runners. That's your yeah, hard there part. There we go. That, yeah. Thank you for helping me kind of clarify that, actually. Well, yeah, that, that, that's the other thing is we got to identify. Mm -hmm. We got to identify what is the real what is the real bottleneck here? Like identify what is is the is the real limiting thing. And a lot of times it exists more in your mind and, and you go until you, you go, Oh, I got to find runners. But if, if you had runners, what I hear you saying is there's dogs, there's places to take them. There's people willing to spend the money. We got a system that kind of works. Well, I know exactly who I need, the kind of person I need. I just need more of those people. Yes. That's a very simple problem to solve. Okay. It's not, it's not easy, <laughs> right. but it is, it is, it is simple. And here's the thing. As I go, if you zero in on that one problem, how do I find more runners? And you fall asleep tonight thinking about it and you talk it over with your wife and you tell your clients about it and you tell your friends about it and you spend time putting it into your reticular activating system. I bet the answer to how to find more runners will show up. Um, and that is the only thing that I have heard other than your own fear, which is very legi legitimate, a legitimately ill or an illegitimately legitimate, uh, concern yeah. uh, of holding you back. 
So I don't hate your photography and your real estate idea, but I heard mm-hmm. you say, I don't have a bunch of investors and I don't have a ton of extra capital and I don't have a bunch of extra money. Right. And I just, you know, I told you right up front, my yellow flag on this is going, if you have diluted focus, you get diluted results. You're going to have to choose between, do I fi- spend my time finding more more dog runners or do I spend my time finding more photographers? Do I f- spend my time finding more dogs or do i spend my time finding more houses to, to photograph like mm-hmm. you're you're going to cannibalize yourself and and un, unless you go this thing has reached its maximum capacity or i've just burned out on it and i hate it and i want out mm-hmm. in which case i would go then get out completely and find a way to get out of that and go all in on this That's but dancing case, straddling between these two i just it is the recipe for mediocrity. It is the clearest path to mediocrity is to try to do many things all at once. And you've got such a cool, unique difference. You've got established, you've got a way to pay people and you got to, you have, you know how many they can handle. You know how to find customers. You know how you, much you could charge. Like there's, you figured out a lot of things that if you go start something new, you're going to have to figure out <laughs> a thousand things. But to scale this, it sounds like you really only need to, f- you only need to figure out one thing. How do mm-hmm. I find more runners? Sounds simple. <laughs> and you said and it's, I'm, simple, it's simple, not easy. <laughs> and I, I, I'm wondering why you're afraid of tackling that problem head on. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe afraid was the wrong term. I think just, is that worth doing? Because I know, in my brain, I think maybe the photography could be a bigger thing because there is still, you know, I talked about they're not going to other cities and being the right kind of cowboy for that horse and, and stuff. But they're like, I think you helped me clarify, there is actually a lot more room just in D.C. kind of doing things the way that I do them just more efficiently or more focused, I think, which is like encouraging, um, you know, coming out of what we've been coming out of climbing. And summers, I think, are always difficult. I think if I kind of like marked my calendar over the years, like, August in particular is always tough because it's like, why is the phone stop ringing? I'm not doing anything different. And it's just, Hey, like Congress has like let out and all the people that work off the government here are on vacation. And all of my runners are also taking their vacation. So August is like an extremely inefficient month for me because I have to get back in the business a lot more than I do sort of the rest of the year. And I think that's maybe what's kind of coming, coming through a little bit. Yeah. And then there's another problem to solve is like, how do I stabilize August? Like, what can I do right now? But again, that's a, a simple problem. Like identifying, clarifying the problem is more than half the battle. Like the Mm -hmm. more you zero in and you go, Oh my gosh, like, okay, this is an issue. How do I resolve it? And the question is just how, like you ask the question, how, like, what would it take? How could I, how could this go away? What would make this disappear? What would put this on autopilot? If you, Mm -hmm. and you figure that out, then like, you you're golden. You only have 65 customers. Like if you had a thousand customers, your whole freaking life would change. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, I agree. And, and you only need one, like right now, the next problem is just finding more runners. If you solve that problem, but I tell you what, you go start building this other thing. The moment one of your runners that you has now leaves, you really going to be hurting. Yeah, that's because that just cut your Achilles heel. And now you're now you're stressed because now this new thing, starting a business is like having a baby, Mm -hmm. especially when it's young. Do you have kids? I have five kids. Oh, oh man. (laughs) Um, I mean, that's that's also adding to the to the issue of like, you know, there's just like 
I still got to be dad. I mean, you know, that's like, yeah, in a perfect world, I'm a machine and I can just like kind of like attack, attack, attack. But there are real like, dude, you're going to manage <laughs> five kids and be an entrepreneur of two businesses with not a lot of like capital and all this stuff. It's, I mean, I'm just major yellow light. Here's the thing. You just need to have to start cranking out more kids and then you'll have plenty of runners. <laughs> I love <laughs> like, it. I love it. Like, you're almost there, right? Give uh, it a few years. Did like, you talk to my uh, mom before this? Um, that is funny. <laughs> that is good. Like the, 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 um, but, but I mean, do you, do you see that? Like you forecast that out and just I go. Do. And in terms of, is this a bigger thing or is that a bigger thing? Run the numbers. Like, like you, you have less than 0.0001% of all of the population that has dogs in the DC area. Like mm-hmm. nobody even knows you're there. Like right. you, 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 you barely scratching this and you go, you got all of Alexandria and you got all of whatever the surrounding areas are. Like mm-hmm. there's tons of people in DC, tons of them. Um, and, and you figure it out, like you're going to have to only solve one problem to completely unlock and move things forward. You go do this other thing. Now you could run the number on the photography thing too, and run it out over 10 years. Just take a spreadsheet and go, all right, here's how many people I think I could get in year one and year two and year three and year four. But then what what you're going to do there is you're probably going to be creating a gradual escape from what you're in now into this other thing. And mm-hmm. I, I'm guessing and people, this is so funny. Entrepreneurs do this all the time. They do all of the difficult, hard, nearly impossible work of starting a business from scratch. And just as they start to figure it out, they get bored and go look for something else. And it's, and it's like, you haven't had your harvest yet. Like Mm -hmm. you haven't reaped the benefit of all the work that you have put in. Um, you're about to go plow in another field and you haven't collected the harvest of the one that you've, you've been, you've been sowing. I mean, do you think it's possible to find more runners? Gotta be right. Yeah. Yes. Right. There's a hundred thousand people. No, a hundred thousand people in each little town around here, and then another. You know, are you plugged into all the running groups? Are you plugged into all the running groups? Not as much because I focus just on the business, right? Like I've I've just spent so much time just focusing on this thing, but not sort of thinking about that. I am sort of plugged in. I've checked in on a couple things, tried to make inroads, but when it doesn't show off, you know, show kind of results, it's it's hard to immediately. Hard, yeah, 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 to stick with. Uh, here's but actually a when you realize this is yeah. the biggest linchpin in my business is finding more runners and mm-hmm. you go, this is the biggest linchpin I got. You'll find runners. Another thing is, are you asking your current runners for referrals? Are you asking your clients for Always. referrals? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That those two for sure. I think, you know, for just because, other runners. Mm-hmm, yeah. Just because I'm like a lot of what we do is word of mouth. I run very few ads. Uh, I run more ads for, uh, recruiting runners, uh, which actually just switched with, with, uh, with Instagram. So that's kind of been my latest problem. Um, I used to be able to kind of target who I wanted kind of that, that site. And they're like, Hey, you've got to have somebody 1865. So it's made it a little less efficient to, to run those ads, but that's just You're like saying me with the, doing my work. Yeah. with the, Because when you run an ad to hire someone, you cannot, it's like a kind of a discrimination thing. If you are sort of saying, I don't want people sort of above this age or under this age. So that's something what that's it, new that's come through. So I used to be able to say, I want runners within, you know, five miles of the center of Washington, D.C., between 18 and 50, right? And now they're saying, you can't do that, actually. It has to be, like, you know, 18 and 65. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but basically it was, like, it was going to stretch that because because I'm targeting a a job posting, I you have to leave it open to everybody. And it can't be that hyper-local. It has to be, like, a 30-mile range, which means I'm answering emails from people that I can't actually hire because... 
I'm asking you to work for me on a Monday and Thursday at 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., but you're out in like Wheaton versus, you know. So that's just like something I need to figure out how to either write that copy or figure out what's the best way to like attack that. But I had, I mean, I had anytime I'd spend a hundred bucks, I'd get about 12 applicants from that, which was like, I mean, I like that was more than enough for me for a while. And now I could be sort of choosing. And I think it's also just me letting go a little bit and kind of being a little more open to hiring people that maybe I think wouldn't be a great fit and kind of seeing the pros as opposed to thinking of all the cons. Yeah. And yeah, testing it out. I mean, who knows? Maybe there's a, maybe, maybe there's a 65 year old person out there that would love to go running, you know, mm-hmm. th- three hours a day. I mean, like, I guess you'll see. And and so my only thought on this really boils down to going, identify the real bottleneck and ask, what would it take to get rid of that? And, and also ask, is that enough to make me jump ship and go somewhere else? I don't hear you saying any of that. I hear you kind of saying, yeah, I like this. I kind of figure it out. It works with my schedule. Like I, I know a lot of the metrics. I know a lot of the people. I kind of like I know my way around. Um, I do. And I think uh, what you've helped is just like kind of like doubling down on the focus because that's that was really the the, yes. the question about I see a potential for like, okay, how long can I do this? If I, But that's thinking always about like having to be the one to jump back in. But if I, yes. if I did build it sort of better... I don't need to set this like bigger, like, yes, bigger, but, but better. I, I, I wouldn't have to worry about that. And then it doesn't matter because I'm not the one running. Right. Yeah, totally. And just make that like, make that a, just like we, you know, we said, Hey, you put a limiting belief on yourself of like, Oh, I don't have, I can't find enough runners. Okay. We can release, or, or we were talking about how we said, Oh, I promise you that only this person will come run your dog. Mm-hmm. Right. So take that out, but then you can put other ones in like, okay, here's the parameters. I have to build this. I can never be the answer. Mm-hmm. Like, and that, that's a place that as entrepreneurs, I think we have to ultimately get ourselves to go is like, yeah, in order for this to scale, we can come up with any answer as long as it's not me. Like right. I can't, I can't be the answer. It's off the table. So you create these own parameters that you operate within. You're already doing it on, on, you're already doing it right here live. Like you get it and you go, great, let's go, let's go find them. And, and here's, here's the thing, whatever your other idea is, and I don't care whether it's photography for real estate homes or it's building battleships or it's being a professional rapper. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this. It's always exciting when it's not the thing that you're doing. It's always way more work than we anticipate. Um, you can make money doing that, but you also, the best, the fastest path to cash is to, is to crush the thing you're already doing. Mm-hmm. You can make money doing anything. You can make a lot of money shooting homes. Like you can make a lot of money being, being a life insurance agent. You can make a money doing like, there's, there's no, there's not a right path. It's more of like, choose a path and make it right. Like there's not a winning path. It's like, choose a path and then win at it. Um, and so if you're going to go do the other thing, man, there's a great section, um, in my first book it's called take the stairs and it's called crush it where you're at and i don't know what page it is but mm-hmm. there's a great page that talks about crush it where you're at this is where you're at is go you should in my opinion go all in 100 full bore no quit guaranteed like commitment to figuring out if you can f- develop a system to find more runners and you do that for a, a, a window of time and then, and then if for some reason you come to the realization that you surrender and you go, there's not more runners out there. I'm going to be on this treadmill forever. Like I'll, I'll never find these people. I'll scale it. Then you go, fine. At least, you know, cause you went all in on solving that issue. 
But if you do that, I think what will come back is you will go, you will come back and you will not go. I want to run this and do this other thing. You'll Mm -hmm. come back going, this thing's a dead end. This thing's a dead end. I need to get out of this thing as fast as I can. So I can go, go do something that can scale. And, and that also is, is equally as valuable to you. Um, yeah, or, or you go, yeah, I just, we need to try to autopilot and I got to figure out a way to keep five, whatever, 14 people on staff a year to just do this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I try, I try to automate it, but I don't, I, I hear you saying you don't hate the thing you're doing. You haven't maxed it out. There's actually a, there's space to expand. You know what to do. You're good at it. You know what the problem is. And the current method you had, which was Facebook ads that went away. Right. And so now we have to find a new method. Yeah. And I think there's sort of, man, you've, you've been, this has been awesome. I really appreciate like you just spending this time and, and kind of thinking this through with me because I think why I'm feeling a little fatigued right now, because I don't, like you're saying, I do not hate what I do. I love what I do. I really enjoy this thing. I'm sort of trying to think to how can I add like to the quality of life, but what I, I starting another business will not add the quality of your life. (laughs) Just FYI in the short term, at least he's feeling the fatigue of, I haven't broken through sort of this stage because this is what I built to 2019, 20, you know, we go through the Valley and now I've built it back up to that. And I'm sort of like, I'm at where I was solving problems before. And now I'm back here again. And I feel like, man, why can't I break through? I think that's, there it is. Yeah, there it is. And it's easier to run from that. It's easier Mm -hmm. to run from that than to freaking dig your heels in and be like, all right, come on, let's do this. Like, let's tango, baby. I'm going to figure <laughs> this out. Like, bring me your, bring, bring me your barrier and I'm going to, I'm going to blow through it. Like we're going to figure this out. And it, and it is, it is growth for you. And, yeah. and what's happening is, um, are you seven in the seven figures or six figures, six figures? Yeah. Six figures. Yeah. yeah. So you've got lots of room to grow. So what's going to happen here is you, what got you here as a performer won't get you there as a leader right? What got you here as a performer won't get you there as a leader. And you're reaching that capacity in your business going like, man, I, I, I can't do any more in my personal production. And so you got to grow as a leader. You got to grow mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur. You got to grow with your systems and, and hiring is one of your weaknesses mm-hmm. and knowing where to find the people. But you know, you're re- and that, which I think is your real question. It's, it's not your, your problem is how do I find more money, more runners? But the, the real question is where are the runners? Mm-hmm. Like, where are the runners? Like, and you just go, where are they? Like, they're all doing somewhere. I'm pretty sure there's probably a marathon that happens in DC every year that has thousands of people. You don't need right. thousands. If you had, if you had 50, you'd be golden. Like, right. you, you know, if you have 50 and they're each doing a couple runs a day, like that's, that's a hundred, that's a hundred dogs a day. That's 500 <laughs> dogs a week. Like that means you're golden, yeah. right? Yeah, so sure. you need, fi- sure. you need 50. You yeah. don't need, you don't, that's the other reason why I kind of like your business is going, you're already making a good living. You and your wife are working together. You're spending time. You're in charge of your own schedule. You got five kids like you're, and you go, we just got to figure out a way to throw fuel on the fire. And, um, there's yeah, lots man. of ways to do that. And, and these runners, they all live somewhere. They're all, they're all going, <laughs> they're all gathered somewhere. They follow somebody's blog. They, they go to some networking meeting. They all show up for some race and it's like, you just got to find them. Like they all, they all gather together. And, and I would, I mean, I don't know anything about this world. I do not run, but I, I would, I, I'm a swimmer, but I would be like, where are these people? And I'm going to go get them and I'm going to hunt them down and I'm going to solve this problem. Um, and that, that is part of the growth. That's part of the, the growth here for you is you're at a point 
like Brian, where you go, I'm going to be a serious entrepreneur. I am going to knock down this barrier. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to find a way over, under, around, or through. I'm going to figure it out because I know I can. And because this is going to unlock my future and it's going to support my family. And like, it's a very clear, it's a very clear thing. And then, you know, you go, go all in on that and just go. And then if, if at that point it doesn't work out, then you go, okay, fine. Like this isn't, this isn't my thing, Mm -hmm. but then you have clarity that this isn't your thing. This is true for anything in life. It's like before you, before you quit the thing you're doing, before you dilute your focus, before you go in search of something else, before you chase the grass is greener, before you leave the job you're at, Go all in on the thing you're doing. Full focus, full commitment, full resources. Like, because when you do that, only one of two things happens. You either break through the wall and you figure it out. And it looks very different on that day than it does today. And life is good and you're on the right path and you're just, you're just cranking until you get to the next threshold or you run and you bounce off of the wall and you hit it and you go, whoop! I wasn't made for this. Like I gave it, I gave it everything I had. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go do something else, but you're not, you're, but what that does for you is you're not stuck straddling okay. and you don't want to get stuck straddling. That's where, that's where I think it'll be bad news bears. Yeah. Great, man. I think that's insightful. I love it. I, I, I that rings true. That's and the, I'll the, say, you are good with people, Brian. Like you are good. Like from the very first words out of your mouth on this call, I was like, I like this guy. He's cool. <laughs> He's smart. I, I didn't know you had five kids. That's even more impressive. Like that is incredible to do what you're doing with five kids and get this off the ground and be working with your spouse and not kill each other yet. Like you're <laughs> doing awesome. Um, and Thanks, so man. I think, I think it's just like, I would encourage you to dig in your heels clarify what the what just identify what is the real throttle here what is the real threshold what's the real limit what's the real block and then go i am not going to lose to that like that's part of what it means to be an entrepreneur is to go i am not going to lose to that i'm not going to have my boundaries my limits and my lifestyle set and decided by something external that i surrender to that's outside of my control i'm not going to be a victim to that i am going to come hell or high water find a way through that i i will find answers i'll find solutions my team will like i know that that through my creative resources, my team, my network, through God's blessing of my life, through prayer, through hard work, I will break through those things. And I think you're onto something awesome. I've never in my entire life heard of anybody who does what you do. So stay the course, brother. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's my advice. Um, go all in and then come back and let us know in six months, like how to go. Awesome, Rory. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate, I appreciate this like session, man. And I hope it helps people. Oh yeah, um, for sure. I know that you're not the only one struggling with, you know, the, the, the shiny object syndrome and like, oh, it'd be easier over here and we could make money over there. This sounds fun. And ah, I'm running into this roadblock, dude, just, just freaking knuckle up and, and, and uh, I, I think go for it. Just, just process it. Just process on the question. How do I find more runners? Will do. And I bet, I bet by the end of next week, you'll have like 10 answers for this. <laughs> 
<laughs> I hope so. I'm, 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 I'll do it, and I'll, I'll definitely, I'll definitely check in with you guys. And become a better leader. You're going to have to become a better leader to to, to do this. But at least you're not going to be the one out there running in 95 degree heat. So that'll be good. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, all right, man. We wish you the best, Brian. Thanks for being on the success line. Thank you, too. I have such a heart for entrepreneurs who are raising families and starting businesses. And that is not an easy, easy thing to do. Um, and that's, I think it's just because that's who we are. That's who AJ and I are. And it's hard. I mean, this is hard. And that's the conversation that we just had with Mr. Brian. Dad of five kids, amazing, cool service, dog running and, and, you know, keeping your dog in shape and not just walking them, but like actually getting them out and getting their, getting their heart rate pumping and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I just, I love the conversation that we had because I know I have done enough one-on-one coaching. We've done enough with our company at Brand Builders Group. Like we do one-on-one coaching. Like we got, we got hundreds of clients and we know right? Even though we don't typically coach dog owner, like dog running business owners, um, we know that every small business owner, every personal brand, every leader is, is, you know, constantly like got this, this conundrum of doing the thing that I'm doing or doing something that's new and shiny and exciting. And you heard Brian say it right at the end, which I think is one of the biggest takeaways. You got to double down on your focus. You got to double down on your focus. Look, I know that's not popular. I know people want you. You want to hear, oh, take a break, go do whatever your passion is. Uh, you know, like work-life balance. I know. I like. I get it. It's just that's not the true story of success, y'all. Like, it's not the true story. I'm telling you. Like, nobody balances their way into success. Like find me one find me find me one ultra performer who's in the top one percent who said yeah i worked when i felt like it i only did things i was passionate about i only showed up on days where i felt happy find me one find me one example right i'm I'm not saying those things are bad and 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 they're not mutually exclusive it's not like you're either successful or you're those things I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, happiness is a different pursuit from success in the, it, it, like in general, happiness is a different pursuit from success. When you go make your business scale, double down on the focus, make it work, go all in. Why? Because you're going to get valuable information. If you don't double down on your focus and that thing doesn't scale, which it won't, I promise you, like it won't. And there's a very good chance that the new thing will cannibalize the the current thing you're doing because you'll be distracted. Then the question is like, like the, you will know, like you will know either, either you were able to break through the wall, like you were able to get to the next level, bam, you did it. And now you're on your way sailing, or you will know that you put everything that you had into that situation. You laid it all on the line. There's nothing else left to try. I was all in and it didn't work. And that's fine. I don't consider that failure. I consider that feedback and extremely valuable clarity. What's terrible is not knowing if the reason something didn't work out, if the reason I didn't succeed, if the reason I wasn't successful, the reason I couldn't push through was because I never gave it the focus that it deserved or because like, is it because it wasn't meant to be? Is it because uh, like, I just don't have it in me or is it because of a more likely truth that I didn't show up and put in the focus? So double down on the focus. That's the first, the first thing. 
Um, the second thing is identify the bottleneck. Identify the bottleneck in your business. More than half the battle of solving a problem is about clearly identifying the problem you're trying to solve. More than half the battle of solving a problem is clearly identifying the problem that you're trying to solve. So identify the bottleneck. Like we lose fear loses when we get into the, the, the mental mushroom and when our emotions spiral out of control and we go, Oh, I don't know. I guess I don't feel good. And like we, our emotions spiral out of control. We start to win by focusing on what is really the thing here that's holding me back? Like what's really the thing? Like where, what's the, where are we really stuck? And a lot of times you will find it is on one very small limiting belief or technical ability that you don't have. Identify the bottleneck and then destroy the bottleneck. Allow all of your creativity to focus on how do we get past this? What is it going to take to resolve it? And when you do that, when you ask the question how, your brain subconsciously will process on it until one day you will wake up and boom, the answer comes. The key is not even coming up with the answer. The key is asking the right question. And the question is, where is the exact bottleneck? The more that you can pinpoint that, the 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 sooner your brain will process and identify the solution and you'll break free and you'll be beyond it. And then the third thing that I don't think we've talked about on the success line and we don't say it a ton, and this is very aspirational for us, but pay your people more money, pay your people more money. Look, like I'm, I'm a capitalist. I I've got financial goals. I got financial visions. Like I, I want to like do stuff with money, but pay your people more money doesn't mean it'll come out of your pocket. I think it's the opposite. I think you make more money when you pay more people more money because the more people, the more money you pay people, like the harder it is for them to leave you. Like the, if, if they're making money, they're probably living life happier, which means they're showing up to work better and stronger. The other thing is if they're making more money, they're less likely to leave you to go make, you know, from someone else offering them more money. And if they do leave you, then you've got a pile of money sitting right there to go hire the next person versus going, Oh my goodness, how am I ever going to replace so-and-so they were my all-star player and I was paying them at the bottom of the market. Yeah. That's a scary spot to be in to go. I'm desperately reliant on somebody, but I don't have a business model that affords me the ability to pay for the top talent in that spot. Now, as a, as a startup entrepreneur, many times, right? Myself, I get it. You can't, you don't come out of the gates doing this. You have to scale up to this, but the goal shouldn't be to pay people the least amount you can to get the most out of them for the long term. In the beginning, you have to do some of that, but the goal is how can I get my people making money as fast as possible? How can I get my clients making money, my referral partners, my team? And if I get all these other people making money, guess who else is going to make money? You are. It'll roll back down to you. So those are some uh, outside the norm, three tips for Brian and reminders for myself, hopefully takeaways from you. Powerful stuff here on the success line. Come back next week. We'll see you then. If you would like to appear on the success line, head to success.com slash success line guest to fill out the application form. If you're enjoying the podcast, feel free to rate, review, and most of all, tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it.